0: Empire Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y J O E L. You can also read my regular cbssports.com column, Agent's Take on NFL Salary Cap, and Contract Matters. Uh, This time around, we are going to take a look at the long-awaited, just-completed Aaron Rodgers trade from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. The Green Bay Packers are getting the 13th overall pick, the... 42nd overall pick and the 207th overall pick in this year's draft. That's a first round pick, second round pick, sixth round pick. A conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first round pick if Rodgers' play time is 65% or more in the 2023 season. The New York Jets are getting the 15th overall pick and the 170th overall pick. That's a first-rounder and a fifth-rounder. So it's a pick swap this year. The Jets moved down two slots um, from 13th to 15th. Most mock drafts have had the um, Jets taking an offensive tackle. So hopefully moving down two picks does not cost them an offensive tackle, assuming the mock drafts were accurately predicting what the um, Jets were going to select. Now, how do you value what this compensation is the draft compensation? If you take some of the updated um, draft valuation charts, um, just the 2023 exchange puts it to the equivalent of a second round pick in the same neighborhood as what the uh, Jets original pick was. uh, 42nd. Anywhere from 38th to 44th is is basically what it is. Now, the thing is, how do you value the 2024 pick? Um, Do you discount it from the draft valuation charts? Which I think you have to because it's a Deferred pick, and I'm going to make the assumption that, one, the Jets make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers. They're not making this deal for them to miss the playoffs again. If you make the playoffs, at worst, it's a 19th pick. You would think with Rodgers and that defense, if Rodgers is not necessarily MVP Rodgers, but better than he was last year, then you probably want a playoff game. Then you're talking worst-case scenario, 25th pick, because there will be eight teams left in the divisional playoffs. Um, so, I'm going to kind of peg this is around, we'll say, 10th, somewhere between the 10th and 15th pick is the total compensation, first, uh, first round pick, the 10th and 15th pick, generally when you factor in next year's pick and where I think it's going to be. Now, this deal gets done pre-draft because Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, wanted 2023 draft compensation. Um, That was important uh, for them to get some picks for this year. Now, in terms of looking at older quarterbacks and where this compensation shakes out, I think that the uh, Packers got the better end of the deal. Obviously, if Rodgers goes on, and takes the Jets someplace they haven't been in quite some time, then it's going to – they're not going to care. If they win a Super Bowl, kind of like the Rams did get Matthew Stafford in the first year, they're not going to care about the draft compensation because winning a Super Bowl, you give up three first-round picks for a franchise that hasn't won one since the 1960s. Um, Doesn't matter, 69 to be precise. Now I've met a whole lot of quarterbacks, 35 – or older, that have been traded since the free agency system was implemented in 1993. Now, the most obvious example is the guy that Rodgers replaced, Brett Favre. In 2009, Favre was 38. In August 2000, I mean 2008, he was 38. He was dealt that August for a conditional fourth-round pick. That's it, conditional fourth. It ultimately ended up being a 2009 third-round pick, Um, Because Favre's offensive play time during the 2008 season hit the 50% mark. For 70% or more play time, the Jets make the playoffs. It would have been a second-round pick. The maximum return for Green Bay was going to be a first-round pick with his play time hitting 80% in the Jets making the Super Bowl, um, which obviously didn't happen. This had a poison pill in it. If Farb was traded to the Vikings, an NFC North rival, the Jets would have been required to give, subsequently traded, to give the Packers three first-round picks. He ended up playing one season for the Jets, retired. Following 2008 season, the Jets relinquished their rights to him when they released him, and he ends up Minnesota for the next two years. Now, the most accomplished older quarterback to be traded is Joe Montana. This was a fiasco where he, he lost his job to Steve Young, when he sat out the entire um, 1991 season, um, I believe, an elbow injury. And then in 92, uh, Young was a starter. He was a backup, only played in the season finale, I think, uh, part of the second half against the Lions on Monday Night Football. But he was 36 at the time. You see the 49ers asked for a first, second, and third round pick for Montana. And the ultimate trade was Montana. Safety, David Whitmore, who was a starter. And a 1994 third-round pick were dealt to the Chiefs for the 18th overall pick in the 1993 NFL draft. In April 1993, Montana played two years for the Chiefs. You've got 37-year-old Warren Moon, who was traded from the... Houston Oilers, now Tennessee Titans, to the Minnesota Vikings in April 1994 for a 1994 fourth-round pick and a 1995 third-round pick. He played three seasons for the Vikings, then kept on going and didn't stop there. One of the teams he played for was the Seahawks after that. The latest data point for an older quarterback trade was last season. The Colts acquired a soon-to-be 37-year-old Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons last March for a 2022 third-round pick, and that ended up being a disaster. Ryan is retired, presumably. He's not going to play football. He got released uh, before the 2023 league year started on March 15th because things didn't go well. Now, surprising thing to me with the trade compensation isn't so much this basically... I'm calling it a second-round pick... On paper right now, it's a second-round pick and another second-round pick. Uh, 2023 second-round pick. I'm netting out all that other stuff that they, that they uh, in the watch, the pick swap, the fifth- and the sixth-round pick. That's all gone as far as I'm concerned in terms of figuring out the net value. So, it's a second-round pick this year and then a conditional second-round pick next year. I'm surprised at the conditions for it to become a first-round pick. Far, not far. Rodgers has to play basically 11 games. Last time he didn't play 11 games in a season was 2017. Past two years, it's only twice he hasn't played at least 11 games. Other time was 2013. So, 80% chance based on his history, the past 10 years, of them getting a first round pick. I'm calling it a first round pick because he gets hurt, (laughs) plays less than um, 65%. This trade is a disaster for the Jets. Because Zach Wilson had to play. And obviously, if Zach Wilson was lit up to his draft position, who was semi-competent, this trade wouldn't be made. But 65% is a low threshold. If you look at the Favre conditions for uh, elevating the pick, not close to 65%. Even if you look at what happened with Carson Wentz the first time he was traded from the Eagles to the Colts. The elevation to a first-round pick was 75% play time in 2021 or 7% playoffs. 65% phenomenal for the Packers. Also, the real concern is Rodgers could just play one year and retire. I don't think he did himself any favors with his diarrhea of the mouth on his appearances with Pack McAfee when he said that he was 90% sure he was going to retire with the whole darkness retreat thing. That's a red flag. I want—I would want something back in return 2025, which the Jets didn't get, if he only plays one year. Now, people are going to say, well, some people have. Jets had no leverage here. He wanted, They had to get this deal done. Yeah, Packers... Had some urgency to get this deal done as well. This contract was not team friendly, the the one that he signed. And just to recap, uh, last year, instead of requesting a trade, which people thought he would do, um, when he made his decision about what he, what his career plans were in March twenty twenty two, he signed an extension with the Packers that was extremely player friendly. Became the NFL's first $50 million per year player. It's $150.815 million over the three years uh, for an average of $50,271,167 per year. Uh, that's the average per year. Um, he's now the second highest paid quarterback behind Jalen Hurts, who recently signed a five year extension for $51 million per year. There's 101 0.515 million fully guaranteed at signing which at the time was a record the total guarantees 150.665 million which at the time was a record but this deal had a 40.8 million dollar fully guaranteed roster bonus that's prorated 2022 through 2026 at 8.16 million per year and then had two option bonuses one for 58.3 million um, in 2023 and then another one in 2024 for 47 million, which would, would would have gotten exercised if he stayed in green Bay and decided to keep playing. Now problem is that now the Packers are going to have 40, basically 40.3 million in, in dead money from this, uh, contract. (laughs) It, was going to get worse if the longer he kept playing if he played if he retired in 2020 um 6 I mean in 2025 the dead money was going to be 76,803,334,000 it's going to be 68.205 million if they, if he played this year in Green Bay and then retired in 2024 so they needed to get out of this contract just as badly as the Jets needed him. I don't think anyone had more of a leverage advantage over the other one, um, anybody else in in this, this deal.
1: Uh,
0: Roger's cap number was $31,623,570. And there's going to be an increase on the cap of 8 um, 69 million just from this transaction alone. The the Rogers part of it is that was his cap numbers dead monies 40 million three hundred thirteen thousand five hundred and seventy dollars. The net change because you have somebody leaving the top fifty one and in the offseason only the top fifty one cap numbers count against the cap. So um Rogers leaves the equation someone with a low salary comes in I think for eight seventy So, the net loss for Green Bay is going to be $9.56 million in cap space. Since they wanted the picks this year in 2023, they couldn't wait until after June 1st when you could have split the uh, dead money, which is what Rodgers' cap charge is, a salary cap charge for someone uh, no longer on the roster in the two years. So, that was never going to be an option, given that they wanted the picks this year. Now, the Jets... Now have one of the highest backup, uh, a higher-paid backup quarterback from a cap standpoint. Or I should say one of the highest cap charges for a backup quarterback. Because Zach Wilson, second overall pick a couple of years ago, um, is the backup. He's got a cap number of $9,585,549 for this year. Um, next year's cap number, $11,189,307. Four-year contract is fully guaranteed. Um, I'm just presuming Rodgers plays two years. Um, the cash this year for Zach Wilson, $3,855,816. Next year, $5,454,273. So basically, a little over 9-3 in cash for two years, which is one year higher-paid um, backup quarterbacks. But nonetheless, wasted pick is what this is turning out to be. Now, the Jets... As it stands right now, don't have enough cap room to acquire Rogers' contract. That they have, according to NFLPA data, um, eight million four hundred seven thousand six hundred ninety dollars of cap space. That's not going to be enough to acquire Rogers. And one thing that is happening is that there's a small change to Rogers' contract that's going to take place, so there aren't going to be adverse consequences for the um, Packers this year. My understanding is the Packers are renouncing their rights to the option. The option travels in the trade to um, the Jets. and By doing that, the $14.575 million of proration for the $58.3 million option that's been sitting on the cap uh, for Green Bay doesn't stay. Typically, you get a cap credit the next year, but from what I was told, this is a way for them to get that off the books immediately. Green Bay is picking up the next two years of the contract. Well, actually, next four. He's under contract for four, um, but it's really two real years. For 108.815 million, Rogers is making 59.515 million this year and 49.3 million next year. That's 108.815 million over two years. So, presume for presumably he plays two years if things are going well. If he has a bad year this year, gets hurt, he's probably going to pull the plug um, and call it a day. He turns 40 in December anyway. Uh, there's a 2025 contract year where he's going to make 20.9 million, and then a 2026 contract year for 15.05 million. Those two years combined, 35.95 million. There's no way if Aaron Rodgers wants to keep on playing football beyond 2024, he's going to play for those salaries. Um, those are going to have to be um, adjusted, but the way this is going to work. Is there's a presumption that a team is going to pick up an option bonus, and the window for the option bonus the original window Green Bay had was first day of the league year to a day before the first regular season game long window. And the presumption is that the option is going to be picked up, and an option bonus is treated like um, signing bonus on the salary cap and it gets prorated, so the proration is going to run for the options for 20 and in the and proration starts the year, the options exercise. So that'd be 2023 20, 24, 25, 26. You're prorating over four years. So unless they add a voiding dummy year or dummy years to the contracts and to, to the contract, I don't know if that's going to happen in the process. I'm assuming for now it's not. And the essence of the contract is going to be how it was signed originally. Green Bay, not Green Bay, the, uh, Jets cap number for him is gonna be fifteen point seven nine million. That's the twenty twenty-three cap hit. It's gonna be the fourteen point five seven five million in option bonus proration. Um it's gonna be his one point one six five million dollar base salary and a fifty thousand dollar uh workout bonus. Rogers had fifty-nine point four six five million fully guaranteed this year, so um you're gonna need 15.79 million in cap space. You, right now, you don't have it. You got a little over 84, they got to do something. The biggest cap numbers the Jets have are CJ Mosley at 21.476 million. He could be a restructure candidate. Um, you've got Carl Lawson next. His cap number is 15,733,334. If you traded or released him, you'd save $15.4 million on the cap. you got Dwayne Brown, who's got an $11,281,882 cap number. Uh, there'd be $6.304 million in dead money because they had voided, had voiding dummy years in his contract when he signed last year. You'd pick up $4,977,882 on the cap. Or another candidate could be Corey Davis in the final year of a three-year contract. He's got an $11,166,668 cap number. You'd save $10.5 million on the cap if you were able to trade him or you released him. He had been someone that was considered a potential salary cap casualty when the regular season ended. So they got to find cap room before this trade formally gets executed. Um, so I suspect it's going to come from one of those sources. Now, as I said before, that when you make a trade, you assume the acquiring team assumes the remainder of a player's contract. And the presumption is there aren't going to be any other changes, any material changes to the contract. So, um, Rodgers is, as I said, I gave you the year, the amounts of money for 2024 49.3 million, and the two artificially. Low years, 2025, $20.9 then $15.05 million in 2026. Now, the way 2024 works, initially there's a $49.25 million base salary that's guaranteed for injury. The skilling cap guarantees kick in on the fifth day of the waiver period, which is going to be five days after Super Bowl fifty eight, um, which I believe will be the 16th of February. Um, there's a $47 million payment required to exercise the option for the 2026 year, which is going to drop his 2024 base salary to 2.25 million. He also has a $50,000 uh, workout bonus as well, and his workout bonuses are interesting from the standpoint. He has to show up for three days during the off season, which is basically the mini camp. And the indication is he's going to be there for the off season, unlike what he's done in Green Bay recently. Typically, in the work to earn a workout bonus, you have to be around for 84.375% of the workouts. Now, the Jets will inherit the dead money problem, not to the same magnitude that the Packers are going to have if Rodgers stayed, but there's going to be massive amounts of dead money depending upon when Rodgers calls it um, quits. I believe it's $43.725 million of dead money if Rodgers plays one year. And that's because you've got the $58.3 million option bonus that's getting prorated 2023 through 2026. So there's going to be three years left of proration, which is going to be $43.725 million of dead money. Um, and let's say he placed two years, retires in 2025. The dead money is going to increase to $60,483,334. Because um, then you're going to have $29.15 million of bonus proration in 2025 and 2026 from the first option. Um, the one that's gonna get, that gets exercised this year. And then from the second option in 2024, you're going to have $31,333,334. Yeah, there's a way for them to uh, take that over two years, and they basically split it in half. Whenever Rodgers retires, and assuming he only plays one or two years, they're probably going to – he's probably going to work with them to where they can get the most favorable cap treatment. But the Jets are all in um, on trying to win a Super Bowl. It's not the same degree of all in yet that the Buccaneers were with Tom Brady because the Buccaneers just threw all long range planning out the window and now they have a $35.104 million cap hit this year from how they structured the contracts for the voiding dummy years with Brady for him not to be there. So, um, For the Jets' sake, hopefully he's very successful and he is more like the Aaron Rodgers in 2020 and 2021 than he was last year when he was dealing with a couple of injuries and having to get acclimated to new receivers, at least this year with new receivers. Who does have one that he's familiar with? Alan Lazard. And he's got his guy, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. He won the two MVPs of Nathaniel Hackett. Hopefully, he's more that guy than the 2022 guy. Even if he is a 2022 guy with that defense, the Jets should get to the playoffs. But once Rodgers is gone, the Jets are going to have some salary cap pain for at least one year. But um, wisely, Aaron Rodgers is not wearing number 12, reportedly. That's Joe Willie Namath's number, the most iconic player in Jets history. It's retired. He's supposedly going back to his college number, number eight. So at least he had enough awareness to do that. So that's kind of where the lay of the land on this uh, Rogers trade in terms of thoughts on the compensation that was given up. I think it's a little too much, a little rich for my blood, given the conditions for the mechanism to go to first round pick. Uh, and there isn't any coming back in return, no protection if he's a one and done. That's my biggest complaint on the trade compensation. I thought it would probably end up being two twos with an elevation to a one, but I thought there'd be some protection in case he only plays one year. Um, The contract kind of is what it is. It was never team friendly, and whoever had it was going to have some cap problems. Green Bay, not only do they not have to pay – Close to sixty million dollars in cash this year, fifty-nine point five one five. They don't have to pay forty-nine point three million dollars of cash next year. So, they're, if he plays two years, they don't have to pay a hundred eight, almost hundred nine million dollars in cash, and they get the albatross of this contract uh, off of their sal- uh, salary cap books. Now, no longer albatross around their necks. So, they're not going to be dealing with massive amounts of dead money, which would have been. 68205 um next year and over $76 million in 2025 if they exercise the options and are retired then. So that's this week's Inside the Cap. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter. That is Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBS CBSSports.com column. Agents take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.